Hi guys, it's Melissa. Welcome to the very first episode of Off the Mat. Welcome to our yoga family. I am really excited to be here because I've been talking about doing this for a while now. And I want to thank my yoga family for all the encouragement I've gotten. There are some of you who still go back and listen to the original podcast, listen to old episodes over and over again. And I'm so flattered and honored by that. Last week, I asked part of my yoga family in the newsletter for some accountability about starting the new podcast because it's been on the list for a long time. It got pushed to the back burner for lots of different reasons. And uh, I got to the last day of the week today and I thought, okay, let me just bop in here for a moment and just say hello, give you an idea of what Off the Mat is going to be like, and then um, we'll do a longer episode later in the week. So Off the Mat is an idea that I've had for a long time, and it's something that I talk about a lot with my clients and with my students, um, with clients when they're struggling or when they're in a stuck place. I'll say, remember when we do this pose, remember this meditation, you need to take that feeling, that stuff that you learned from that and bring it into your life. So that's what Off the Mat's all about. And, and I, I say it all the time in um, yoga classes when we're doing, let's say, tree pose. And a lot of us really wobble in our tree poses and then we come out of it. And this is this is a really great example is um, we come out of it and we like to hop back in really fast and pretend like we didn't actually wobble out. And we hope like nobody's seen us, especially if you're in a big class. Like I hope nobody saw that I fell out of tree pose. The real answer is once you fall out of tree pose, you need to come back to your center and you need to reset. You need to find your balance. And then you can lift your foot and put it wherever it needs to go. And that is a lesson that I think is so important in real life. When things fall apart, when things get hard, don't just kind of keep jumping around and trying to get your balance back. Take a moment, take a breath, breathe, find the balanced weight on your foot, feet actually. And then once you feel nice and balanced, you can shift your weight and step into whatever it is you need. And that is what we're going to be talking about. I am going to bring in some of my yoga family. Um, this week, we'll see what, how soon this actually happens. But this week, I'm going to be bringing in the lovely Sarah Schooler, who is one of um, my students here in Lawrence, Kansas. I think we've known each other about 10 years. And she is now a yoga teacher. And she uses yoga to help manage her anxiety and depression. So we're going to talk about things that she learns on the mat, the things that she does on the mat that help her with her anxiety and depression, and then also how she takes those things into her everyday life to manage her anxiety and depression. So I hope that gives you a really good idea of um, what I've been thinking about, what um, this progression has been. The old uh, podcast episodes are still available. It's just called A Yogi Kitchen. You can find them anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And I think there's, I don't even know how many there are, 20 episodes maybe. Um, so you can go back and some of those episodes have breathing practices in them. They have meditation practices in them. They have actual yoga practices in them. And a lot of it is just my reflections on managing your mental health. So we will definitely be talking about managing mental health here, but that's not all we'll be talking about. Um, we'll be talking about all kinds of lessons that we take from the mat and we apply them off the mat. So that's what I have. But since I'm here, I thought we'd talk a little bit about love. Because first of all, love is is really important energy in our world. Um, and I wanted to talk a little bit about it because 
tomorrow is Valentine's Day. And I know there's a lot of people that really dislike Valentine's Day, that really have a hard time with it. And there's even people out there who say that it is a made-up greeting card holiday, and it's not. Um, and I, I mentioned this in actually the last episode of A Yogi Kitchen, so this may be repeated information for you. But um, it is a holiday that's been celebrated in one way or another, lots of different ways, uh, since the Middle Ages. It's been around for a really long time. So it's not a hallmark or greeting card holiday. But regardless of whether it is or not, I think who cares? Because it's a holiday that celebrates love. How can we go wrong about that, right? Like we all need more love in our lives. Every single one of us needs and deserves more love in our lives. And I've been thinking about this a lot this last week because I'm gearing up to teach yoga for anxiety and depression. I'll talk about that in a minute. But I thought, as I'm writing and I'm I'm getting my course outlined together and I'm getting my notes from the last times I've taught it, I was thinking about how we all need to love ourselves more. And I was thinking about the obstacles to loving ourselves. And I know for me, one of the big obstacles was my mental health. Um, I didn't know how to love myself because I wasn't brought up um, in a time period where children were taught by their parents how to love themselves. And also, because I have a lot of trauma from my childhood, I had a lot of feelings of unworthiness. I had a lot of really crappy negative thinking. And when you're engaging in all that stuff and all the self-sabotaging I was doing in my life, it's really, really hard to love yourself. So let me say this to you. If loving yourself sounds indulgent or narcissistic or selfish or self-centered, let me suggest to you that you are so deserving of love. Let me suggest to you that the best place for you to get love is actually from yourself. And it's not selfish. And this is why. You are the only one that really knows you. As much as I can tell my partner how much I think about something, how much I want something, how much I feel about something, he's never, ever going to get it in the way that I get it for myself. And he's a lovely, lovely man. I am deeply in love with him. But he's just, it's just not possible for him to be in my head to feel my feelings and understand it the way that I do. I am the only person who can do that. You are the only person that knows completely what you need. And so therefore, you are the only person who can supply it for yourself. So I've been writing all over the internet this week, posting things all over how we need to learn how to be our own Valentines because you deserve it. And here's why it's not selfish. Because when we can love ourselves, when you can look in the mirror and look at your beautiful eyes and your smiling face and say, I love you and feel it and know it in your bones, then you have all this cultivated love to share. But if you can't love yourself, you don't actually have love inside of you. You can't share it. I mean, there's all, I mean, there's lots of different ways of looking at this, right? There's, you know, put the oxygen mask on yourself first kind of thinking. So if, if you can't wrap your head around loving yourself for your own benefit, for your own joy and sense of freedom, and the fact that you deserve joy and sense of freedom, then do it for the people around you. If that's the way it gets you there, I'm okay with that. And, and that's how we do things sometimes. You know, we learn how to do um, 
we learn how to do certain poses in yoga, for example, so that we have the building blocks for harder poses. So if just getting you to wrap your head around the fact that you need more love in your life, that um, doing so will make your kid's life better, your partner's life better, the people around you, their lives better, then do that. And if at some point along the way, you realize how deserving, how truly deserving you are of all the love that you can muster, then there we go. Then, then my job here is done. So I hope that makes a lot of sense to you. And we're going to be talking about love a lot. We're going to talk about um, how to make life a little bit easier, how to make your life bigger and brighter and better, because we all deserve that. And I've been, I've been working with someone recently who um, really stresses how much we are all individuals and we are all very unique. And so if I teach yoga, I am one of, I don't even know how many people are out there in the world teaching yoga, right? But nobody teaches it the way that I do. It's just not possible. Nobody can think about the poses the way that I do. Nobody can bring my personal experience to it. I mean, there's lots of people out there have been teaching for 20 years, plus uh, lots of people, women of color who have had crappy lives who teach yoga, but it's still different the way that I do it than the way the next person does it. So, um, I've been thinking about that a lot, about how I'm the only person who can do what I do the way that I do it. And you are the only person who can do what you do the way that you do it. And what gives us the fortitude, what gives us the little spark to go out there and be the best person that we can be and to share our gifts out in the world is love. That is the little fire that burns within us because I can look at you guys in poses, and I remember really well the first time this ever happened for me, is I was teaching a restorative yoga class. Actually, what I was doing is I was coming in at the end of my teacher's restorative yoga class, and she had to leave early, and I was going to come in and like finish the last 15 minutes of her class for her. And Or maybe I was even at class, and I was just going to get up and, and finish the class for her, be a, be a, a yogi practitioner the first, whatever it was back then, an hour. And in the last 15 minutes, I was going to be the teacher. And so she's telling me stuff and we're whispering like as she's walking out. And I said, okay, so they're good for a little bit. And she said, just look at them. Aren't they just little angels, all of them? And I remember how that touched me. And I remember later when I actually ended up taking over that class and I taught it for years and years, watching people in restorative classes and just my heart opening to them. Even the most difficult student in class or in our studio, I just remember my heart opening and feeling love for them. I thought that is why I do what I do. And it's, it's why I do what I do for two reasons. One, because if I can send love out and that person can receive that energy from me, then I'm helping people heal, I'm helping them learn, I'm helping them process, and that's awesome. But also, me sending that love out makes my heart grow bigger, makes my heart open wider, makes me more compassionate and loving, first and foremost towards myself, and then be able to send even more out there. So I'm just always fascinated about love, loving kindness, compassion, basically all the energy around heart space. In our heart chakra. 
So we are also going to be talking a lot about love and off the map. So that's what I have for you. That's sort of the introduction to what we'll be doing um, over however many, however long we do this together. Um, please, please, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to this. Please, please, please tell your friends about it. Um, and honestly, my yoga family is a good size, but it's not huge. So um, I'm going to be talking to people in the yoga family. Um, if you know anyone who manages their life in any great way with um, yoga or with mindfulness and would love to talk to me, I'd love to hear from them. If you yourself just want to sit and have a conversation with me, I would love to talk with you about how yoga shows up in your everyday life. And it could be a whole episode. It could be you call in and we talk for a few minutes. Um, it's pretty open. So those are my ideas. And it's, it's a little um, a little raw. And I'm okay with that. I really like that. Uh, there's a lot of space for us to go in lots of different directions. I don't need it to be perfect. I love myself that much where it does not have to be perfect. If you look at the cover art, it's not done yet, but I put a great picture of, of Xander and me in the front yard off the mat. Um, and that picture, I'm going to work on that. And there's going to be some more, um, there's going to be some a, a title, I guess, there. So it's okay that this is not perfected. It's okay that there's not a, that it's not, um, you know, all lined up and ready to go. And I'm ready to drop the next 10 weeks of episodes. Um, I'm, I'm, I really love the spontaneity that yoga has taught me on the mat. I love to bring that into my life and I love being able to roll with whatever comes up. And that's really important to me for who I am in life. I'm not someone who really loves routines. <laughs> I'm not someone who has a lot of structure in my life often. I really like to be able to kind of roll with it. Um, so we're going to roll with it. We're going to start and see how it works and how you guys like it. So I would love to hear any kind of feedback you have. You can email me at um, mel at a yogi kitchen. You can text me. That's the fastest way to get in touch with me. 785-760-5412. I don't often pick up the phone if I don't recognize a phone number. So text me. Uh, go to the website, ayogikitchen.com, and you can learn more about me and our yoga family. Oh, and I was going to talk about a yogi kitchen. I'm sorry, a yogi kitchen. I was going to talk about yoga for anxiety and depression, which is coming up next week. So let me take just another moment to do that. So yoga for anxiety and depression is a workshop I've been teaching for about 10 years. And it's in its new form. And I'm so excited about this. So this started out as a two as two two hour workshops about 10 years ago. I taught yoga for anxiety and yoga for depression. And as I've done more practices in my my life as I did things like take dialectical behavior therapy, as I've taught more for people with anxiety and depression and sort of figured out that's what I'm really passionate about. Um, I've, I've done more therapy. I've learned more skills to teach and decided to make it one long workshop called Yoga for Anxiety and Depression. And just recently I taught it and the group split up into two groups and it happened to be that one group was people who had taken it before. And I always say my workshops always shift a little bit. There always there's some spontaneity in all the workshops. You can always take my workshops more than once and get something different from it each time. And, and let me also just say, as a lesson I've learned that I can take off the mat, um, if it were the exact same thing every single time, you still hear things differently and you still learn a lot. So taking the same workshop, whether it's for me or anyone else in the world, taking it more than once, 
is always really beneficial. You always hear things differently depending on where you are in your life. So anyway, so now, so I taught that class, that workshop to people who had never had it. And then it was actually the weekend before I taught it to two people who had had it before. And it ended up being like a part two and then a part one. And I was like, oh, this is a really great way of doing it. Because those people who had taken part one didn't necessarily need to hear all the definitions for terms again, um, didn't necessarily need uh, to do the same poses again, because they are also people who come to yoga regularly with me, like teaching them some new poses might have been really exciting. So it was really nice. And I decided to work on dividing that workshop up. Shop up. So now it is two Saturday afternoons, next Saturday, February 20th, and the following Saturday, the 27th, part one and part two. You can take them out of order. You can take them together. You can take just one this time. And the next time I offer, take the other one. And it is four hours, one to five on each Saturday, uh, central time, where you practice poses to help soothe your nervous system, to quiet your brain, to work on some of the physical um, symptoms of anxiety and depression, that muscle tightness, that muscle achiness. And we learn about skills from dialectical behavior therapy on how to manage our emotions, how to shift our brain chemistry. We talk about uh, nutrition and this new workshop we are also going to have. I, you'll leave with recipes for foods, for dishes that will help you um, keep your brain healthy, help you uh, know what to throw together really quickly when you're, you need to eat and your brain's not feeling 100%, or just things to do that will keep your brain healthy throughout your week. Um, you will also have time. You'll, learned, uh, you'll learn about the people in the group a little bit. You'll do some journaling. We'll have time for discussion. And because it's now an eight-hour workshop instead of a four-hour workshop, there's lots of time to talk about how to use the skills in your life, like the practical applications of the skills, of the poses, of the tools that we learn about. So I'm super excited about this. You can go to the website, theyogikitchen.com and read more about it. You can sign up and pay on the website. And when you do, um, I will send you the first email will go out. I'll send it to you. And then you can start doing a little pre-work. So it's a great deal. It's like a super great deal. It's $85 uh, for a Saturday. And there's a discount if you take both Saturdays, it's $150 for eight hours of workshop. So it's a super great deal. Um, and you get to do some work ahead of time. So if you sign up, let's just say you sign up today, that gives you an extra week. So extra value to what you're doing. And um, like I said, I've been teaching this workshop a long time and people respond extremely well to it. I get a lot of really great feedback from people who are like, you've taught me some skills that have changed my life. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that this week in the podcast because um, I plan on not only doing some that are longer podcasts, but just sometimes bopping in and doing a quick like 15 minutes of a skill or a tool or a meditation sometimes. Um, so go to the website. Email me or text me if you have any questions or concerns. I always, always, always am happy to create a, a payment plan for you. So if you need that, if you want that, let me know. Um, and also on the website, if you go to classes under Delicious Yoga, you can see our schedule. We have classes tomorrow, 10 a.m. 
Central for Slow Flow, and 11.30 for Yin in Restorative Yoga. They're donation-based classes. All the regular classes are donation-based. You can go on the website, make a donation. Um, if you can afford to make a donation now, great. If you can't, get me later. Whatever it is, don't let money keep you from yoga, at least not with the Yogi Kitchen. So I hope you're having a lovely Saturday evening. Um, tomorrow, when you wake up in the morning, the first person I want you to think about on Valentine's Day is you. Open your eyes or just come to consciousness. Take a few nice, long, deep breaths and tell yourself how much you love yourself. Say, I love you and mean it, feel it. And if it feels weird, if it feels awkward, that's okay. It's okay to do things that make you feel uncomfortable. And we're going to work on that. I'm going to ask you to do that often. And we're going to work on um, cultivating some self-love. And we are going to help the world vibrate with more love because we're going to get better at it. We're going to get better at sending love out into the world. All right, lovelies. You have a great Saturday evening. Please, please, please subscribe. Please send me some feedback and we'll talk to you soon. Namaste.